30, 30, 30, 30, 30, dirty 30. That's right. Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your next purchase of $25 or more. Use the code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download today. As you may or may not know, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your next purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home. Cheers. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner. Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Poor Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. Guys, welcome to another edition of the BSN Rams podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. It is currently uh, Monday afternoon on July the 29th. It is a beautiful sunny afternoon in Fort Collins as I sit here recording this podcast. Uh, Really excited for today's edition. We are going to do a segment where I lay out the all-decade offensive team for CSU. We're going to get to the defense here in a couple of days, but today we're going to go over the offense. Uh, So that is from 2010 on. So the the all-decade offense. This is a segment I had a lot of fun putting together. It was fun to research and kind of go through all of it. Uh, There there are a couple of them are, are going to be debatable, so I'm going to be interested to see in what, you know, the BSN Rams family has to say on this, what what everybody thinks, the ones I got right, the ones I got wrong. And as far as the responses go, if there's any good ones, we'll read it on the next edition of the podcast. Make sure you're always commenting on these. Uh, If you're not commenting directly on the podcast, go ahead and tweet at us at BSN Rams on Twitter, or you can always tweet me directly at Justin T. Michael. But before we get into, you know, the the all-decade offense, we're going to start with the second ever installment of What's Happening in Agland. This is just a quick segment where I go over just some some news things that are happening in the CSU Rams uh, news cycle. So the first one, CSU picked up its first in-state commit for 2020. Ralston Valley running back Chase Wilson verbally committed to CSU on Twitter. Nice little pickup for CSU. CSU's Second commit of the 2020 cycle, three-star defensive end Casey Irons was CSU's first. 
Wilson is not someone that I know a ton about at this moment in time. I honestly did not get to watch as much preps football last season as I would have liked to, but he had 702 rushing yards and six touchdowns for the Mustangs last season. When I watched his huddle highlights, what really jumped out to me was the, the great speed and explosiveness. What also, what I really liked as well is he runs really fluid in the open field, which is always something that I pay attention to with running backs. He he has great lateral movement. Uh, looks like he can kind of be evasive. As far as I know, according to 247 Sports and my boy Eddie Hers over there, he's being recruited as an athlete, which means, you know, who knows what he'll actually end up playing at CSU. Running back seems slightly unlikely just because of his size, which you never know could end up being, you know, a punt returner, kick returner, could work him into the slot. I could also get flipped over to the defensive side. He does play a little bit a defensive back for Austin Valley, so it'll be interesting to see what CSU ends up doing with him, but just a nice just a nice pickup as far as the in-state guys go. The fans obviously always get excited to see a Colorado kid sign. Uh, it's it, That's something that I think gets slightly blown out of proportion in terms of, I mean, CSU always recruits Colorado hard, whether it seems like that or not. It's just true. They do. They recruit Colorado pretty heavily. Uh, the reality is that there's not quite as many impact, impactful D1 players as you would hope for. A lot of guys, you know, coming out of Colorado end up, you know, kind of becoming diamonds in the rough. So I'm not saying that it can't happen. Wyoming seems to pull them out of their butt all the time. But Nonetheless, Chase Wilson, nice commit for CSU. I'm going to just go ahead and read what he posted on Twitter. That is this. So this is from Chase Wilson on Twitter when he committed. First off, I want to thank God for giving me the ability to play the game that I love. Without him, none of this could be possible. I also want to thank my mom, dad, and family for their unconditional love and support. I want to thank the entire Ralston Valley coaching staff and Warren for seeing my potential and not only developing me as a football player, but as a young man. With that being said, I'm very excited to announce that I will be continuing my academic and athletic career at Colorado State University. Finally, a huge thank you to Coach Bobo, Coach Jancic, and Coach Perkins. Co- oh, I'm sorry. Coach Bobo, Coach Jancic, Coach Perkins, and Coach Gibson for giving me this opportunity. In all caps, I'm staying home! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point with a couple of RAM emojis. Always a good thing to see a kid stoked to stay in state. Uh, one of the one of the arguments that I I do believe is at least somewhat true is that with some of the in-state kids, if you have a motivation and want to be here, I think that there's just incentive to work really hard, whether you just you have pride in your state and your school. I don't think you can make a great team if it's all Colorado kids, but a healthy mix is definitely good for the roster. Moving on, cornerback Rashad Ajayi was named number 29 on the Mountain West Wire's top 52 list. So essentially the Mountain West Wire is naming the 52 best individual players in the conference. They have Ajayi listed at number 29. As a freshman, Ajayi started all 12 games, finishing the year with 33 tackles, one sack, and one interception. He also led the team in pass breakups with six and forced fumbles with two. Always encouraging to see 
a young DP play physically, which Ajayi certainly did. He never shied away from contact, uh, proved to be at least a competent tackler. I don't know if I would say a great tackler, but he likes to play physical, which is something that I'll take from a corner. He definitely has great speed. Um, I think we'll be looking to see Ajayi kind of make strides in man-to-man coverage this season and play recognition. There were some times last year where his athleticism kind of helped him get away with some bad positioning, but I really like his potential. And uh, shout-out to the guys over at the Mountain West Wire, Jeremy Mass and Matthew Kennelly on the football side. They do a great job. Uh, Eli Becker is as good of a college basketball follow as there is in the country. So definitely support the Mountain West Wire. The the majority of their content is free. I think I'm not 100% on that. But I know they have a patron thing, so if you can spare a few bucks for them, definitely do that. But uh, yeah, Rashad Ajayi, number 29 on the Mountain West Wire's top 52 list. Just wanted to give that a little recognition uh, because those are those are some guys that work their butt off for really not as much attention as they deserve. They do a really nice job of covering the entire league, and that's that's hard to do. Trust me, as someone that has to research, you know, everyone else and find out as much as I can about CSU's opponents, it's it can be a long process sometimes. Like even just putting together an accurate preview article is kind of a pain in the butt, so to consistently keep up with the entire league, put out content about everyone's really impressive. Shout out to those guys, good dudes. Alright, uh, in this next segment, it's going to be a lot of fun. It, we're, as I said earlier, we're going over the all-decade offense of the CSU Rams. So this is the best offensive players from the last decade. Before we do that, we're going to go ahead and Take a quick break, but I'm really looking forward to this next segment, and I'll be curious to see how everyone responds. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Welcome back, guys. I don't know about you, but that Breckenridge read always just makes me crave an ice-cold beer. It's about 5 p.m. right now in my room where the sun is beating through the living room, and I swear, uh, you know, stopping this podcast and chugging a few cold ones sounds marvelous right now. But, you know, I'm a man with responsibilities. And, you know, we got to talk about this offense. It's going to be fun. The, all, the all-decade offense going back to 2010. So we're going to go ahead and do the number one quarterback, the top two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. For the sake of time, uh, we're not going to do offensive line. Also, because I just think it's really hard to accurately talk about offensive line um, I think offensive line is one of the, the most difficult positions to really gauge if, if, if you, you know, didn't play offensive line. And as a pretty scrawny guy, I certainly was never in the trenches. 
I can certainly identify when, you know, an offensive lineman is out of position or doing the wrong thing, but explaining the nuance of what really makes a great lineman is not something that I consider myself an expert at. So for the sake of you guys, I'm not going to ramble about, well, this guy was pretty good, but anyway, so we're going to keep it simple. Quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end. And let's, uh, let's just get right into this. Starting at quarterback, we have Garrett Grayson, who played at Colorado State from 2011 through 2014. Probably the, the only choice you could go with if we're doing quarterbacks. There's an argument for Nick Stevens, just because Stevens broke a lot of Grayson's records. But if we're going, you know, man for man, which quarterback would you rather have starting for the offense? The obvious answer, Garrett Grayson. Garrett Grayson was obviously the 2014 Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. That season, uh, he had 600, I'm sorry, in his career, 688 pass completions is the uh, 10th most in the history of the Mountain West. And his single season total of 4,006 passing yards in 2014 is number one, is the number one figure in the history of the league. Same goes for passing yards per attempt at 9.1, 32 passing touchdowns, and a passer efficiency rating of 166.2. Really just, there wasn't anything Garrett Grayson didn't do well in that 2014 season. Led CSU to 10 wins, tore it up through the air after, you know, Capri Bibbs had moved on from the NFL in 2013. Everyone kind of wondering, is this offense going to be able to keep the mojo going? You know, are they going to be able to go to the postseason? They did that more, beating CU, winning 10 games, going all the way to the, the Las Vegas Bowl to face Utah. That's obviously a game that CSU didn't perform particularly well in, but there were a lot of extenuating circumstances with Jim McElwain taking the job at Florida and the public courtship and everything that went with that. In an article I wrote recently, I kind of explained how that whole public process of McElwain and Florida flirting was basically a giant middle finger to everyone that helped him along the way, but uh, we're not going to get into that right now. We're just going to talk about how amazing of a quarterback Garrett Grayson was. You know, his career 61.2% passer, over 9,000 yards, 64 touchdowns, only 27 interceptions, the numbers don't lie, but I think what really made Grayson particularly special was he just, he didn't shy away from the big moments. When I think back to the, the best moment of his Colorado State career, it's got to be the game-winning touchdown pass to Charles Lovett uh, on fourth down at Boston College. One of the, the iconic plays in CSU football history, really. I mean, a huge upset win over a pretty good program on the road. That game was, I believe it was on ABC. It might have been on ESPN, but definitely nationally televised. Really just a solid moment. Um Garrett's NFL career hasn't played out quite like I and many others thought it would, but, you know, that's that's not uncommon, and it doesn't take away anything that he accomplished at CSU. Really just a stellar career. The, the 2014 season will always be one that I look back on fondly. Really just because that passing offense that Garrett ran was incredibly complex. It was... It was, it was, you know, it was a pro-style offense, which is the reason that the Saints were so high on him in the first place. 
But yeah, Garrett Grayson, your your starting quarterback for the all decade offense. Moving on to starting running back, this is a this one running back is pretty debatable because there've been some good ones over the last ten years, but a starter we're gonna have to go with Capri Bibbs. He only had one season, uh, the twenty thirteen season, so. There was a part of me that felt longevity should have played a bigger factor into it, but that 2013 season was obviously so magical. You can, There's no way you can keep him off. 281 carries for 1,741 yards. That's good for a 6.2 average, so average 6.2 yards per carry. His 31 rushing touchdowns led the NCAA that season, and that remains the league record for individual rushing touchdowns in the Mountain West in a single season. His 1,800 total yards from scrimmage that season led the league and was good for ninth nationally. Really, when you just when you think back to that 2013 season, it was all about Capri Bibbs. It was Capri Bibbs running for four touchdowns in a, a game, or it was Capri Bibbs breaking six tackles and going for the score, or it was Capri Bibbs this, Capri Bibbs that, and it was just a lot of fun. I think there are a lot of Ram fans who really just they think, what if, what if Capri had come back for one more season, him and Garrett in that 2014 offense behind a really talented offensive line, great receivers. I mean, you know, I, I, that team could have done some real damage, man. I, I got to admit, there's a part of me that really wishes that Capri would have came back, but you can't really blame him for trying to go to the league because... You know, how are you going to top a season where you have 1,700 yards and lead the nation in touchdowns? What more can you do? So I definitely get that argument, but, you know, maybe if he comes back and has another explosive season, he ends up getting drafted instead of having to, you know, work his way into the league as a UDFA. He's, he seems to be in a pretty good spot now in Green Bay. Had uh, some nice moments with the Redskins and and the Broncos as well, but... I'll be rooting for Capri at the next level. But uh, before we move on to the next running back, we got to talk about Capri's best moment in a moment as a CSU Ram. And for Capri, we're going to go with a two-week stretch because there was a two-week stretch in that 2013 season where Capri had 603 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. That's in two games. 603 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in two games. I mean, those are season-long figures for a lot of guys, and Capri put it up in a in a two-week period, with both of which were wins. First, starting with a win over Nevada, Capri rushes for 312 yards, finds the end zone four times, and then just, you know, just for fun, uh, he follows it up with 291 yards and six touchdowns against the University of New Mexico at home. That's a game that, that was actually the last game well, not technically the last game, I suppose. Uh, one of the last games in which I still worked for CSU football. Uh, I, I remember just being watching that game against New Mexico, you know, back in the back at the dorms, and it was just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Capri in the open field, they couldn't stop him. It was really comical, at, honestly, like. There were just points where it looks like Capri was playing, you know, on the rookie mode on Madden or something because he's 
he's back cutting and spinning and stiff arming defenders off and just a phenomenal year one that I don't know if we'll ever see something like it again to be honest because those numbers are out of this world uh, the next running back is Dalen Dawkins he played at CSU from 2015 through 2017 after transferring over from Purdue in his Colorado State career Dalen had 557 carries for 3,185 rushing yards, also had 70 catches for 750 receiving yards. Over those three seasons, he found the end zone 17 total times. Really just one of the scrappiest football players that I've ever gotten to watch up in person. You know, Bobo really admired Dalen because he never took a down off. There was never a play in which Dalen did not run the football with with sheer violence in his heart. And and that's I mean that as a compliment, because as, as a guy of his size, when you look at him, you think there's no way that this kid is going to last at D1. Not only did he last, he was one of the most durable players on the team. I mean, Dalen, he, he fought hard for every single yard he gained. And what made it so fun to watch was he did damn near all of it between the tackles. He wasn't a guy who always tried to bust it outside and use his speed to get around, because he, he obviously ran well, and there were maybe some times he should have tried to get to the outside a little more. But Dalen wanted to drop the shoulder, he wanted to run straight through a linebacker's face, and he wanted to get up and tell you about it, and that's what I loved about him. Dalen was the kind of football player, if you had 11 Dalen Dawkins on your offense, I know that's the, the cheesiest saying in sports, oh, if I had 11 of this, dude... We'd, we'd win the national championship, let me tell you what. But if you had 11 guys that gave the effort that Daylon Dawkins did, I guarantee you, you, you know, you're not going to be a three-win team. So, yeah. Best moment uh, for Daylon Dawkins. Really, we're just going to say all of conference play in 2017 because there was only one conference game in which Daylon didn't go over the century mark. He had 120 or more yards like seven times that year, including 191 against Nevada, 161 against Boise State. So just a, a clutch performer, you know, coming up big in his senior season. <laughs> there were times we'd kind of joke with him that Dalen should have had a lot more rushing touchdowns than he did because Izzy poached all his touchdowns. But that's just how it goes sometimes. Dalen was the guy that, Often, you know, he carried that football all the way down there, did all the dirty work, and then allowed Izzy to kind of pummel in in those last two or three yards to get all the glory. But Dalen, being the, you know, the unselfish guy that he was, never complained about it, would always just say, you know, what's good for the offense. So shout out to Dalen Dawkins. Miss covering that guy, miss watching him run in the open field. Yeah, so, so far, you know, in review, we've got Garrett Grayson as the quarterback. And in the backfield, we have the duo of Capri Bibbs and Dalen Dawkins. Now imagine if you had all three of those guys at the same time. That would have been crazy. <laughs> Before we finish the rest of the all-decade offense, uh, we're going to take a quick break because i got to tell you about this killer deal. Rams football is back. The wait is over. It's time for fall camp, and we're giving you the best deal that we've run since we went to the free t-shirt format with subscriptions, but it won't last long. Here's the deal. If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99, which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, 
but it comes out to $2.91 per month, which is almost 50% off our standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount. You're also getting a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value. You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content on bsndenver.com. And if you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo code GORAMS, all one word, to join the family today. Let's keep things moving here with the all-offense team. We just talked about quarterback and running backs. We're going to move on now to the wide receivers and tight end. So starting at wide receiver... The, the the obvious choice, and that's Michael Gallup. He played at Colorado State from 2016 through 2017, had 176 receptions, 2,690 yards, and 21 touchdowns during his two years with the Rams. His magnificent senior season in 2017, uh, you know, he averaged 14.1 yards per catch. He did that while totaling 100 receptions, and to do to, you know, to average 14 yards per catch at, with the amount of volume that he was involved with, that's that's absolutely insane. You you don't see numbers like that. To add 15 yards a catch with 100 catches, I mean, I, I, I know I'm not sounding incredibly eloquent at the moment, but that's that's how crazy those numbers are because I've seen it multiple times and it's still just blowing my mind here as I reread over, <laughs> as I reread as I reread over some of these figures. But what made Michael so great was that not only was he the most talented guy on the field, he was the hardest worker, you know, easily one of the nicest and most humble athletes I've ever met. Never, you know, there was never a moment where he wasn't smiling, you know, except for maybe after a tough loss. But just a phenomenal athlete probably the best just sheer hands of any wide receiver that's come through in the last couple years. That's saying something because, you know, CSU's been dubbed wide receiver U with all the receivers that have come through here. But Michael Gallup, just an incredible receiver, incredible guy. You know, the, his best moment, uh, really tough to pick because there were so many. You could go with the upset of San Diego State in 2016 where he had three scores. But I think I got to pick the Nevada game in 2017. That was a late-night kickoff at Campus Stadium. Gallup just went off. 13 catches, 263 yards, and three scores. Made just three or four absolutely absurd catches in this game. One, like, pinned against the helmet, almost David Tyree-esque. One of the best individual performances by a CSU player that I can recall. Just, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a defensive back on the field that could cover him. And Nick just kept throwing up, throwing it up, and Michael kept coming down with it. He obviously, for his amazing season, was named a, a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award, as was our next wide receiver, Rashard Higgins, who played at CSU from 2013 through 2015. In his career, 238 catches, 3,648 yards, and 31 touchdowns. In the 2014 season, which we've talked about a couple times already, where Garrett Grayson went off, Richard was kind of his right-hand man with 96 catches, 1,750 yards, and 17 touchdowns. 
was named uh, a Bolitnikov finalist, as I as I said a moment ago. Probably the just like the smoothest wide receiver that's come through. I think Michael Gallup had better sheer hands. I think Joe Hansley was a better route runner, but there wasn't anything that Richard couldn't do. He could run a full route tree, which is always always impressive coming out of college. Um, just does everything so clean. Always does it with a smile on his face. Has the one of the best nicknames in sports with, you know, Richard Hollywood Higgins. Uh, you know, it's fun to watch him on, on Twitter, him and Baker Mayfield kind of dapping it up. It, it, I'm just, I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see that they, I was happy to see that they extended him this summer because, you know, he deserved it. He kind of got, he's kind of getting mixed in with some bad teams over these last couple years, but I'm still hoping for a successful Richard Higgins NFL career. His best moment as a Ram, uh, I was tempted to go with the 2014 Rocky Mountain Showdown. He only had one catch in that game, but it was a 16-yard touchdown, and just, like, his smile in the end zone was just so iconic, and it, since CSU hasn't beaten CU since then, when I think back to that, I just I kind of think back to that touchdown, along with D. Hart scoring a touchdown and then flexing in front of the student section. Just a fun game, man, but... uh you could also go with the beatdown at Tulsa that year, where he had 178 yards and six catches. Only had six catches in the game, but four of them went for scores. I mean, they just couldn't catch him. Every time Richard got the ball, he was basically running down the field wide open, uncontested. But I'm actually going to go with a losing effort, so you might be a little surprised with this one. It was the, the Air Force game in 2014. He had 12 catches for 193 yards and two scores. CSU had a lot of chances to win this game. Ended up gambling on fourth down, turning in the ball over, and then Air Force goes down and kicks a game-winning field goal. But in this game, man, Richard, they could not cover him. And when I and there are times where people say that, and they're just kind of blowing smoke, but when I say that, I legitimately mean they could not cover him. They're, every every time I looked, Richard's wide open. Um, I'm just... I'm just you know, screaming on the inside, get this guy the football. Uh, they did a pretty good job, obviously, 12 catches, 193 yards, but man, just an amazing individual effort in that game. Really heartbreaking. One of the, of all the, of all the heartbreaking CSU losses over the years, and believe me, there have been many, that, that one ranks up there. Uh, me personally, that was a tough one because it, it was the, it's a Friday after Thanksgiving, and it's, in the spring, so at the Air Force Academy, I had been in Hill City, Kansas, which is where I have some extended family. It's the middle of nowhere. Uh, so I'm out in Kansas for Thanksgiving. I get up the butt crack of dawn Friday morning with my family. We all drive from Kansas to Colorado Springs to get to this game, go as a family, kind of a lot of fun with some cousins, my aunt and uncle. It's the whole deal. Uh, ends in heartbreak, though. Then to uh, to make things worse, after losing a very winnable game against Air Force, basically throwing the chance for a conference title out the window, we get stuck in about three hours of traffic on I-25. Really just a disastrous night all around. But Richard balled out in that game, so shout out to Richard Higgins. The, the third and final wide receiver was really hard for me to pick, uh... Every part of me wanted to pick Joe Hansley. 
if we're being completely honest. And that's that's because Joe Hansley is just like when I think of a college football player, it's Joe Hansley. It felt like he was he played for four years, he did everything, special teams, wide receivers blocked, great just team guy, great practice guy. But, you know, I had to go with Preston Williams because wouldn't be fair if I put Kabri Bibbs for his one season of greatness and then and then omitted Preston Williams on on the you know the basis that he only played one season. So Preston Williams last year had 96 catches, 1,345 yards, 14 touchdowns, only one season, but man, it was a good one. His best moment, uh, 12 catches. 154 yards and two touchdowns in the second half of the Arkansas comeback victory. One of the only fun moments from last season. One of the best moments in CSU football history, regardless of the fact that Arkansas was absolutely awful last season. And and when I say awful, I mean truly, truly awful. Would have gotten beaten by a lot of not-so-great teams last year, so... Let's not kid ourselves with the the amount of talent on that Arkansas team last year. But you can't ever apologize, and an SEC win is an SEC win no matter what. So, gonna brag about it. CSU fans will brag about it. It was a great moment. Definitely don't want to rain on the parade. Preston played a, a huge role in that game. He should have had another great moment. Obviously, the game-winning touchdown against Utah State was taken away for a penalty, but... Great season. Wishing him all the best in Miami. Moving on with the the one tight end position. Kind of difficult because CSU has really not effectively used a tight end since Corey Sperry in the mid to late 2000s. So, yeah, Crockett Gilmore played at CSU from 2010 through 2013. Actually played defensive line his freshman year before transitioning to the offensive side of the ball, finished his career with 111 catches for 1,308 yards. His best moment came in a 2,000 win over New Mexico. Uh, That's the game where Capri rushed for six touchdowns, but Gilmore had the best highlight play. He caught a pass over the middle, then proceeded to stiff arm about four different New Mexico players. If you look on YouTube, the play's still out there. It's a lot of fun because it just, it looks like, a grown man tossing around children, or that infamous Madden highlight with Marshawn Lynch, the get off me, child's play, because that's, there were, he literally shrugged, you know, a 200-pound defender and threw him off like it was a child. It, it was crazy. Crockett Gilmore, one of the nicest guys in the locker room. Uh, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. His NFL career had great potential, really. He, the Ravens liked him a lot, but he just he couldn't stay healthy. Tried to convert to a tackle, hadn't really worked out. Last I heard, I think he's kind of hung up the football career, but who knows? Best of wishes to Crockett Gilmore. So yeah, that's that's our all-offensive team. A couple guys that could have made it, Nick Stevens, Chris Woke, um, Joe Hansley, Nolan Peralta, if, if I would have done offensive line, some guys would have shouted out, like Tyson, Rilo, Jake Bennett, Fred Zerblis, you know, um, Zach Carlson, all those guys. So, Sam Carlson, excuse me, sorry. Zach Goldich, Sam Carlson. 
don't want to get called out for saying people's names wrong. Had just a little bit of a brain fart there. But, yeah, so we went over quarterback Garrett Grayson, running backs Dalen Dawkins and Capri Bibbs, wide receivers Michael Gallup, Richard Higgins, Preston Williams, and tight end Crockett Gilmore. If you agree with me, comment on this podcast and let me know. If you think I'm a big, dumb idiot, go ahead and let me know as well. Either way, just give me some type of response because I love to hear your feedbacks. And yeah, before we wrap things up here, I think we're just going to take one last break and hear from The Green Solution. The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, go to their website, mygreensolution.com, order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use the code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Wow, that, that last segment was a lot of fun. I just really enjoyed going back through and, and researching all these great players, reliving some of their great moments. It was particularly fun to kind of relive the, the glory of that 2014 season. That was when I was an assistant. Well, I don't want to say an assistant. As if I was important, that was when I was working for the CSU football staff and it was just it was a, before the before the end and how it got complicated with the coaching change and everything. It was just so much fun. I have so many great memories being in the office and you know going over last week's film and when it's just win after win after win. The the attitude and the vibe around Fort Collins was just so much fun. It was obviously a blast to see Hughes Stadium packed from game to game. Uh, when I think back to that season, just so many great memories. Yeah, it was fun to go over them. And, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys think about the all-decade offense, whether you agree with me, whether you disagree with me. Go ahead and comment directly on the podcast, or as I said earlier, you can always tweet at me. I'm always on Twitter. Definitely need more hobbies. Uh, But, yeah, also definitely check out on the website right now. Sunday night I published a piece on how CSU can grow from the, you know, just the disappointment of last season. I tried to take kind of a sore subject and make it a little bit more fun for the audience, lighten it up by comparing the whole situation to to going through puberty. And, you know, people are kind of laughing about some of the stuff I threw in there because I kind of threw in some personal tidbits, just some funny stuff. I made a My Chemical Romance. Yeah, Yeah, I referenced My Chemical Romance in there, which is pretty much a goal of mine in any piece of writing but just a lot of fun definitely go ahead and check it out on the site um just a quick heads up for you guys i'm in the process of moving so likely no podcast on wednesday but i will do my best to have one up every other day this week because i'm a man of the people so go ahead and send me some questions or comments your concerns all that stuff but yeah i think that's we're just going to wrap it up for today keep it keep it nice and light with the all-decade offense team and what's happening in Agaland segment. If you like what we're doing, if you have an idea for the podcast, let me know. But in the wise words of Tony Kornheiser, thank you.